You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I want you to notice contextually that, that the psalmist starts off Psalm 37 and 3 by encouraging the people of God to trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord. When you really trust God in the way you should, you're not leaning to your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And not to lean or depend on our own understanding. Reason being, um, we can mess up ourselves. Doesn't talk about leaning to other folks' understanding because we, we already know other folk can mess us up. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is focused on you messing up yourself. And you can be intelligent, smart. You can, you can, either, you can even brag about how you have, you have been from, from high school to college, even in elementary. You have always been an honor student, but you still will mess up yourself if you lean to your own, own understanding. <laughs> it's not based upon how intelligent you are from a book sense. It's based upon your humanity. As humans, we are frail. As humans, we come short of God's glory to the point to where when it comes to certain things, we just don't need to trust ourselves. And Solomon, he understood that. And that's the reason he's... Says again in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, in part, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't you lean to your own understanding. And goes on to basically tell us that if we do, we're going to mess ourselves up. Now watch this. How many have ever messed yourself up before? Come on now, since you've been saved. Speaking in tongues. Prophesying to folk, but you done messed your own self up. Why? Because you lean to your own understanding. But then, if you'll notice in the text, he goes on to say here in Psalm 37 and 3, not only to trust the Lord or trust in the Lord, but to do good. To do good. We should grow in grace. We should strive to to think, talk, and act according to the written and reveal will of God. But if you'll notice when he says do good, 
the implication is it's a choice. You have to choose to do good. I said you have to choose to do good. And when you do good, God will bless you on earth. When you do good, God will bless you on earth. See, some folk waiting to get to heaven to get blessed, but God will bless you down here while COVID-19 is happening. Which you done heard those testimonies this morning. You already know that, but understand. Their testimonies are bigger than, than them. The three that testified, testimonies are bigger than them. Testimonies are for us. Letting us know that we need to trust God the same way they did. He is no respecter of person. What he did for somebody else, he'll turn around and do it for us. Matter of fact, he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. But we need to do good. And when it, when, when it speaks about doing good in the text, it's speaking about doing good in reference to what God would have you do. And, and to do good... Biblically, in one sense, is to be willing and obedient in submitting to God's will. I'm going to show you something. Let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 1 and start at verse 17. Isaiah, just, just a few books over from, from Psalm. Isaiah chapter, chapter 1. And we're going to start it. Verse 17, and remember, Psalmist said, do good. But Isaiah take it, takes it in a different direction. This is what he said to the people of God. Isaiah 1:17. Learn to do what? Learn to do what? You got to learn it. You have to learn to do good. We had to learn the time. We had learned to steal, but we had to learn to stop stealing and give God his, his money. We had to learn to tell the truth. Some, some of us were good at lying with a straight face. And we had to learn not to lie and tell the the truth. And some of us, we didn't have no problem doing bad when we were in the world. We were sneaky. How many of you had a problem doing bad before you became Christian? You didn't have no problem, did you? So therefore, you were so used to doing bad when you got into church, you had to learn to do good. Because your flesh didn't want to do it so you had to learn to put your flesh under subjection in order to submit to God's will some of us were selfish we like having our way before Christ some of us still like having our way even though we're in Christ but nevertheless you, you had to learn that look I can't be selfish 
I have to follow his way and forsake my way. But, but you, didn't, you weren't able to do it just like that or in a day or two. No. You had to learn. And so even when it comes to doing good, you have to learn to do good. You have to learn to treat folk right to treat you bad. You have to learn that. Because you, you cannot say anything in their faith when they're treating you bad, but go home and talk about them like a dog. That, that, you still you ain't learning how to be good. Because leaving and going home talking about them, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't no better. And so he mentions a, a, a few things that, that are good, that, that you learn. Notice this, learn to do good. Seek justice. When you seek justice, that's a good thing. Rebuke the oppressor, that's a good thing. Defend the fatherless, that's a good thing. Plead for the widow, that's a good thing. But then he, he goes in another direction. He says, come now and let us reason together. Says who? Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They, though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But this is what I want you to get. Verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, that's being good or doing good. You shall eat good of the land. If I do good, benefits going to come my way. If I do good, benefits are going to come my way. Don't seem like nothing good happened to me. Are you doing good for good to happen? If you do good, good gonna happen. You reap what you sow. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Benefits will come from the land. And we know the earth is filled with God's what? Goodness. His goodness is everywhere. And then you got you got to have your focus right, because if you you focus on bad. Guess what's going to happen? Bad. As a person thinks, and it's what? Hard, so is he or she. You got to focus. You got to have your mind on good happening for you. And you, you got to be to the point where even when bad happens, you see good in it. I said even when bad happens, you got to see good in it. Some of us in here, we, we, we've had something bad happen that we didn't like only to be followed by something good. Why? Because that's how God has it set up for his children. And you know one of my favorite scriptures and one of your favorite scriptures, Romans 8 and 28, which says all things work together for the what? Because we what? Love God. We are to call according to his, his purpose. And, and when you mature, you get to the point where in bad, you say, man, there's a blessing going to come out of this right here. Oh, man, there's a blessing going to come out of this right here. And then we got testimonies in Scripture to back it up. We can go to Job and see how Job ran into bad, but when all was said and done, good completely consumed him. 
And that's some of our testimony. How many have ever had a bad moment, a bad day, a bad month, but then God turned around and blew your mind? Let me see them hands for a minute. Keep them up for a minute. And so he says, do good. And finally, he, he deals with what I want to talk about this morning. Notice again, Psalm 37 and 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Abide in the land. And while you're in the earth, in your house, on your present job, feed on his faithfulness. If you're going to be on earth and be on it the way you need to be on it, you have to eat the right thing because if you don't, you will be eaten. To be eaten means in one sense that you're going to be attacked and consumed. Bible talks about the devil coming to folk as a roaring lion. When a lion is hungry, he roars. Just like all that noise your stomach make. <laughs> that roaring. <laughs> when you haven't had anything to eat, a lion will roar looking for whom he can devour. He'd be ready to eat on some folk. Looking for it. Looking for folk that he can eat up. The enemy. But to eat or to be eaten also has to do with being controlled by something or somebody. This thing is eating me It's controlling my mind. I can't even sleep because this thing is just controlling me. It's eating me up. And biblically, we, we have to understand that there are certain things, if you allow them, they will eat you up. And then if you don't do certain things, God will allow something to eat you up. Y'all okay? Yes. All right, hold on then. We're going to Psalm 49. And I want you to notice the implication in, in the verses that I'm going to. We, we're going to start in, in uh, Psalm 49. And then we're going to go a little further. Psalm 49 and 13. Ready? Again, Psalm 49 and 13, I hear a few pages turning. This is the way of those who are, help me, and of their posterity who approve their saying, Selah or Paul's. 14, like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Who is he talking about? The foolish. 
death shall feed on them. Death. Sin. Drugs. That there are a lot of things that attack folk that are doing so in order to try to kill them. Literally, mentally, figuratively, and such. And notice, foolish folk. Folk that are out of the will of God are being eaten by death. I don't want death to start eating on me, so, so, so I need to stay wise. But then I don't, I don't want to be irritated all the time. I don't want to be anxious all the time. Because anxiety can also eat on me. It can also consume me. Whenever you allow something or somebody to, to control you more than the Holy Spirit, that thing or that person is eating you up. Even when something attacks you, you, you can't allow that thing to just take complete control. You still have to, have to stay in the will of God no matter what. Because things are going to attack you, but you still have to do the right thing. Are you with me? Now, let me show you something else. Let's go to uh, Acts, the book of Acts. And I think I want to go to the 12th chapter, Acts 12th chapter. Y'all quiet. Thinking about something trying to eat you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Some, some of us know what it is to be in the house all day and just allowing anxiety a worry to just consume us about something. And see, worry ain't gonna, ain't gonna help you out, period. Well, but, it, but I, I can't help it. Yes, you can help it. In Matthew 6, Jesus asked his disciples, he, he said, look, what worrying going to do? Can it change your stature? Can it, can it turn things around for you? He was letting them know, look, you just worry. That, that ain't going to help no situation. It makes the situation worse. So we don't allow something to just consume or devour us. But every time you allow yourself to just focus on something that, that comes to hurt you, destroy you, that thing is eating you up. How many are understanding? But now this is going to be a completely different thing here in Acts 12. This is just so powerful. Uh, we'll start at verse 21, Acts 12 and 21. So on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not 
of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And notice what happened. And he was eaten by worms and died. But look at this. this look at the next verse. But the word of God grew and multiplied. He didn't give God the glory, and so worms ate him. He didn't give God the glory, and so worms ate him. What's the message? What is it saying to us? What's the implication? If we don't give God the respect, the honor, appreciation that's due to him, he will allow something to consume us. David so understood it to where in Psalm 150 he said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'm trying to praise him, but pastor, it's just so hard. How in the world is hard to praise him? You, 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 ain't even, you ain't even got to stand up to praise God. You don't even have to open your mouth to praise God. In your mind, if you can't even talk in your mind, you can still give God the praise. But there are certain instances to where you need to make it your business to give God the glory. Never try to take that which belongs to him or you could be consumed by something. You know, you often ask yourself when, when passages like this are in Scripture, is that just letting us know the history? No. You got to understand when God is in something, you have to remember, according to Malachi 3, God changes what? Not. Lessons have to be learned from certain Scriptures. If, if we do not want to be consumed by certain things, we need to make it our business to give God the honor and the praise. You notice certain things happen to folks that were close to you, but it didn't happen to you? When you recognize stuff like that, don't you hold back thinking you special? It happened to them, but it didn't happen to you. That don't mean you special. You better give God the praise because that same thing could have happened to you. You got to give him the praise. That's the reason you don't wait till Sunday. You don't wait till you don't wait till you get, as the old folks say, your ship to roll in. You give God praise for little things. Because you know how some folks is, they don't want to give God no glory until something big happens. You give God glory even when you even when the smallest thing happens to you. And don't ever get too big for your britches. Y'all remember that old saying? That boy done got too big for his britches. You never get that way. You always humble yourself and know who makes 
things happen for you. How many know you wouldn't have what you have if it wasn't for your Jesus? You wouldn't be living where you are if it wasn't for your Jesus. You wouldn't be in good health if it wasn't for your Jesus. And even if you're not in good health, you wouldn't be going through the process that you're going through and things working out on your behalf if it weren't for your Jesus. Give God the glory. Give him the glory. If you hadn't had COVID, give him the glory. But if you don't had COVID, but God brought you through it, you better give him the glory. If nothing is going on in your body, give him the glory. But if you are battling something in your body, but God is still keeping you. God is still helping you. God is still sustaining you. God is still making a way out of nowhere. You better give him the glory. I remember when God blessed me with change to put on the altar. When I put it on the altar, he said, one day I'm going to bless you to where you, you're going to be able to put whatever you desire on the altar. When, I, when God told me that, I got to put change on the altar and I, I gave him the praise. If it was three cents, if it was 45 cents, if it was a dollar and 22 cents, I gave him the praise. And this year when he allowed me to put $30,000 on the altar, I yet gave him the praise. I yet gave him the glory. I said, Lord, here you are, $30,000. Thank you for blessing me. And I gave him the praise. Whatever he does for you, you have to make sure he gives you, you give him the glory. Whether it's something minor or whether it's something major. Herod was decked out. Decked out in his royal apparel, but felt like he didn't have to give God the praise. Don't ever make that mistake. And, and it matters. In scripture, there were ten lepers that, want, that wanted a healing. And, and so Jesus said to them, hey, look, just go show yourself to the priest. Because they knew if they went to the priest that, that they had to have a cleansing. And, and the priest would give them a clean bill of health. But one seeing that, that he was being cleansed and he turned around, went back and fell before Jesus and gave him the glory. Now, the other nine on their way to the priest, but Jesus told the one that remained. First, he asked him a question. He said, hey, wasn't, wasn't it uh, ten of y'all? You the only one came back? You the only one came back to give me the glory? He made him completely whole and told him it wasn't no need for him to even go to the priest. Your healing, your deliverance is in your honoring God. 
when you give God the glory for what he is doing for your life, there is no limit to what he will do for you. How many are listening to me? Well, I thought God would do more. You better give him the glory for whatever he did. Because sometimes God may start with something that small. I told you about the little chain that I used to put on the altar. But I'm telling you, God may start out with something that little. But if you do right, he's going to keep blessing you. That's the reason the Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings. Amen? Amen. And so, we don't want to be consumed by something or somebody. I I done been there. I've been to the point to where I, I allowed my trouble, what I was going through, to just control my day. Whether I was going to be happy or not. Some of us know what it is to allow a person to control our day. Whether we're going to be happy or not. That person just eating you up. Controlling you. But I love the alternative that we have right here in the text. Or in Psalm 37 and 3. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. And feed on his faithfulness. You can't live by all these COVID reports. (laughs) Feed on means to live. To eat. You can't stay in front of the TV switching from Fox (laughs) to CNN, NBC. Now you even got internet news channels. You can't be just switching and just listening to all of this stuff. Because when you do that, guess what you do? That's what you're eating. That's what's getting in you. You don't need to allow your diet, your spiritual, your mental diet, to come from garbage. One person said we should do this. Another person said we should do that. Then here comes somebody out of the booth. Now we shouldn't do that or that. We should do this. And some of us, we follow everything. We, we know, we, we can tell folks everything that's going on because that's what we follow. That's what you eat on a daily basis. I got to move on and say somebody, you got to be careful what you eat. Natural food, 
spiritual food, mental food, emotional food. Because your best friend can give you your emotional food that may cause you to be happy or the saddest person in the world. Just depending on what you eat. Y'all ain't liking me right now. No, because it's kind of tough on the flat, but, but you got to wipe what you eat. And you have to be to the point to where you make up in your mind that, look, this is what I'm going to eat and I ain't going to add nothing else to my diet, mentally speaking. <laughs> this is what I'm going to eat and I ain't going to add nothing else to my diet, spiritually speaking. This is what I'm going to eat and I ain't going to add nothing else to my diet, emotionally speaking. Don't just be concerned about your physical diet. I want some of that pork chop, but that'll mess up my diet. Just don't be consumed about that. Let me show you why. Let's go to uh, Matthew 4. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost, I'm almost there. Let's go to Matthew 4. Y'all know where I'm going, but go there with me anyway. I'm going to start at verse 1. Ready? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. And notice why. To be tempted by the devil. The Lord will allow you to go to the wilderness to be tested. Or tempted by Enemies. Now he would now the devil wouldn't just want to come and just test us. The devil look for major folks to test. He may send your way like a like a tent level demon. A bottom level demon. You'll be saying it's the devil, but now you ain't dealing with no devil. You dealing with a bottom level demon. The devil did with folk like Job. Folk who God brag on and say, hey, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. That's who the devil go after. But some of us be calling it that everything the devil did. You know, no, you was dealing with that basement demon. That demon on the lowest level is what you were dealing with. You just call it the devil. But whether it's the basement level demon or, or some other type demon, we will be tempted or tested by Satan's enemies. Well, by Satan's soldiers. Are you with me? But I just want you to get it out of your head because you used to coming up in church. You know, we, we wouldn't do nothing but rebuke the devil. And, I, and, and when I really understood scripture, I said, you know what? The devil probably ain't even been to our church. <laughs> I just don't think he done been to our church. I, I said, no, nah, when I look at scripture, he just, he just don't do that. I said, we already mess ourselves up enough. Why would he need, need to come here? He'll send low-level demons to our church. 
But you look in scripture when he, he dealt with, the devil dealt with Daniel. The devil didn't even go to Paul. The devil allowed a messenger to go to Paul. And then later on when Paul got mature in God, then that's when the devil started attacking him. But often it's just demons that deal with us that we just call the devil. And see, that that's a trick of the devil because... We, we get to saying, get away from here. Devil, it ain't the devil. So that's the reason that spirit just stays around because you're trying to get rid of what ain't there. That's the reason Jesus would be specific sometimes. He would call things unclean spirits because he knew it wasn't the devil. But he also discerned that what was coming against him was unclean. And sometimes that's how we have to deal with this, you spirit that's trying to attack my mind. Get out of here. You spirit that's trying to attack my body. Get out of here. You spirit that's trying to attack my money. Get It's just like me calling me calling uh, Elder Jackson, bro, aunt. You know, Brant, go get me such and such. He's looking at me like, I ain't Brant. You know Brant's shorter than me. You understand what I'm saying? And, or vice versa. When I'm, when I'm telling, when I'm, when I'm calling Brant, Elder Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Or anybody. You have to know who you dealing with. And see, that's the reason we see with clarity what's going on here in the text. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, a desolate place, a lonely place, a barren, an unfruitful place. Place what nothing happened. A place that, that if you consider the text, that in one sense gave the enemy an advantage. Because Jesus hadn't ate, and he was in a place where it wasn't no food there. And so the enemy knew he had that little advantage, so that's how he started attacking Jesus. Look at the text. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Matthew 4 and 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was what? I can't imagine so. If we go two days, we ready to tear up the kitchen. No matter what's in the refrigerator, you just want something. You ever been looking for something, eating something at the same time? You was hungry. And that was two days. And here Jesus is, I've been 40 days and 40 nights. Now notice it. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, then remember he know he hungry. Command that these stones become bread. You hungry, Jesus. If you really God, 
turn these stones into bread. I want him to do something that was not part of his purpose. Not part of his, his plan. And see, his demons do the same thing, try to make us do something that's not part of the purpose, not part of the plan, not part of the season that God has us in. Trying to get you to focus more on COVID instead of trusting God. Trying to pull you out of your season. The earth is the Lord's and his fullness. But the enemy trying to make you think the earth is COVID's. COVID taking or COVID ain't taking over God's earth. God has set certain mandates. See, COVID being a spirit in one sense is just like the enemy. People that give him room. He going to go in and start eating. I'm not saying things can't attack your body. But you have to remain in control. Even when a thing. A disease. Or what have you. Attacks you. And remember what the scripture said. Many are the afflictions. Of who? The righteous. But the God that owns the earth. Said I'm going to bring you out of them though. I'm going to bring you out of every single one. But if, if, if we are not in the place that we need to be, we can allow us attacking us to control us. We can be eaten by it. If you, the son of God, change this right. Then you got to eat for well if God in control, Reverend Walker. Why he letting this COVID just do all that it's doing? As I didn't know he was allowing it to do. Some of what's happening is because of what people are choosing to do. And God made us free more agents. And because of certain choices, people are reaping. Not all. Certain things are attacking us. But that's just part of it. But God says, I'm going to protect you. But, but that goes back to trusting him. But my thing is, you can never allow whatever is trying to eat on you control you you can't allow it to control you you got to keep moving forward because you're going to be challenged I said you're going to be challenged but you have to remember the, the promises that your God done made you unless you don't believe them I believe the promises I'm like Paul Paul said oh of the promises of God are yes and amen. That means everything he said is so. It's so for me, it's so for you, it's so. 
And when you read his promises, most of his promises were given to his, his children. To you. To me. Amen? Lord have mercy. Turn these stones into bread. Then he, this is what he tells the devil. The primary enemy of God, this is what Jesus tells him. It is written. If Jesus knew what was written on the word of God, and he was the word made flesh, we need to know the word. When somebody tries to make us do something that God has not led us to do, we need to know the word. We need to know the word. When something is attacking your mind, your body, and so forth, you need to know the word. To put on that thing or that person. And then you need to stand on the word that you know. You hear me? He answered the devil and said, it is written, man. Humans, let that sink in. Humans, man, put your name there. Barry Walker, Darnell Walker, Barry Darnell. What's your whole name? Put your whole name there. Man shall not live by physical food alone. See, that's what you got to understand. You don't live just by physical food. You, you got to have something to drink. And it needs to be the right thing. You got to have something to eat. Now, now notice the implication. You got to eat physical food because that's, that's, he created this body and this body has to have physical food. And it has to have the right physical food because Jesus made certain things for us to eat. You don't believe that? Go back to Genesis. And, and he told Adam, he said, look, this stuff right here is for you to eat. And then when, even in Jesus' day and time, when Jesus had resurrected, he was, he was, he was still hungry. He said, hey, y'all got some fish over there? They just, we got some broad fish. You got to know that you have to eat physical Food and, and you need to eat the physical food that God made for you. Some physical food that people are making, it never was for us. God created some things to do certain things. There are certain fish God created to clean up the bottom of the ocean and the lake. I ain't going to go there. I am not going to go there with you today. But you do need to know that. <laughs> but Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But then notice what he said. But by every word. You got to live by every word. That proceeds from 
the mouth of God. And notice what he did. He made this the top priority of what we are to live by. And, and when you understand what he, what he said to the devil that man needs to live by, you understand that there are certain things that are written and revealed that are specifically for our mind. There are certain words that God gave us that are specifically for our mind. It's, your, it's food for your mind. It's food for your mind that, that can change your mind. Romans 12 and 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. That's food for your mind. There are certain food that, that's just for our talk. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he who loves or uses it shall eat the fruit thereof. Then James said the tongue can be poisonous. Out of the same mouth can come curses and blessings. But then he said to the brethren, this ought not to be so. There are certain food that we get from this Bible that is specifically for our mind, specifically for our emotions, specifically for our physical body, specifically for our present situation. That there are just certain things that God gives you just, just for your present situation. And it's your food for your present situation. If you're going through something in your body, your, your food for your present situation, with his stripes, I'm healed. What is that? Isaiah 53. Many are the afflictions of God. If you're going through affliction, but he's going to bring me up. That's your present food. That's the food you never should relinquish. When Jesus said this about living, he didn't have to go to no other scripture. He didn't have to go to no other scripture about how to live. This was the one he put on the devil and the one he had made up in his mind he was going to stand on. Sometimes you're going through it in your body. You don't, need, you don't need no whole catalog of scripture. You just need one scripture to stand on. <laughs> one word from God can change your life forever. One scripture. Now you can get stuff to bag up that one scripture, but if you just stand on one scripture, sometimes you don't even need a whole one, just a half. So I, I've, used, I've used a part of a scripture. God going to do it. And guess what? That was it. That's all I needed. God going to do it. It's going to work out in my favor. God said it, and it's so. Two words out of a scripture. Three words out of one scripture. Just stand on it. But you got to know what's written. And you got to know that what is written is what you eat. Whether you're using it for your mental diet, your emotional diet, or what have you. That's what's for you. You can't just be like religious folk who think, that when it comes to the Bible, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. 
Jesus came that we might have life. And that more abundantly. So if, if he coming that we might have life, who are we? We are spirit, soul, and body. And when you break that down, we are, we are, we are mental, we are emotional. Am I still talking to you? We are spirit, soul, and body. And, and some folks, you know what they live by? Appeal. That's the main thing they live by, appeal. And if you find yourself having to live by appeal, you should be trying your best to get off that appeal. <laughs> Seeing what the scripture says about it. Yeah. If you find yourself addicted to something that's not according to the scripture, you should find yourself getting off of that thing trying to live according to what is written. Notice this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of who? God. So what I'm trying to live by when it comes to my mindset, the word of what? When it comes to my emotions, the word of what? When it comes to my finances, the word of what? When it comes to my relationships, the word of what? When it comes to every aspect of my life, I'm trying to live by what? And get this. If I don't eat or live by the word of God, there are things that are going to try to eat me, going to try to control me. I have to make the decision as a mature child of God that I ain't going to let everybody feed my emotions. Because some folk love to feed your emotions. They love to talk about you about stuff that they know going to make you mad, going to make you upset. Girl, you ain't going to believe what I heard. And guess what? I don't want to hear it. You don't eat everything that folk trying to put on your table, or do you? You ain't going to believe what they said on such a, hey, and I don't want to believe it because I don't want you to tell me. Some of you who, who are picky when you go to restaurants, where y'all at in here? And then won't tip. <laughs> you need to be just as picky when it comes to what you eat for your mind. What you eat for your emotions. You need to be just as picky. Because something, something that you eat from your emotions can kill you physically. Something you eat for your mind can kill you physically. Then something you eat physically can attack your mind. Can attack your emotion. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by everything. See, he, he, wasn't saying that, he wasn't saying that everything the preacher 
preach and so forth because we don't even remember half of what I preach. But what he was saying is you need to make sure when it comes to you, your life, what you live by, you're, you're covered by every word of God. You cover your mind with the word. Make sure you feed your mind the right thing. Make sure you feed every aspect of your life the right thing. Because I have been now to where, to where I, I thought, hey, I'm doing what I need to do spiritually, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't feed myself physically the way I needed to. I'm doing what I need to do spiritually, but I wasn't feeding myself financially the way I needed to. You got to live by, help me, every word of God. And so that's what he told him. You got to live by that. And who was he talking to? The devil. The devil. And, and what amazes me, what, what amazes me is that Jesus defeated the enemy with a few passages. A few passages of scripture. He just, he just defeated them. And, and, and this is the thing. He just quoted them. You know how some folk do when they come to casting out basement devil. Come out! Come out! He didn't do that. He quoted scripture to the enemy and the enemy had to go. And when he did, when he did cast spirits out of folk, guess what? It was because they had allowed the spirit to get in them. That's when he called them and told them to come out. But when you're dealing with the devil, you deal with the devil according to what is written. He attacking your mind, you deal with him based upon scriptures concerning your mind. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every what word of God I'm going to stop right there Lord have mercy Whew. I'm going to stop right there